am going to deviate from our study in Revelation here this morning because God has impressed me and laid on my heart to talk to you about something concerning a holiday coming up this coming Thursday, and that is Thanksgiving Day. And so the handouts, forget those. We're next, when I get back, we'll get back into Revelation. We'll, finish, we'll get into that lesson. We've got some great studies winding up in the book of Revelation. We really have. But I just want to talk to you from my heart here today. And uh, I hope that you will receive what I'm going to say because I feel in my heart that Thanksgiving, one of the greatest holidays that we have in the entire year is beginning to be pushed aside by the world today as an unnecessary holiday to be observed, except that it's the time that we eat. We just get together, it's all about food. The commercial industry promotes the selling of food, groceries, big feasts, dinners, you know that. They show that on TV, they show it in magazines, they show it in, in literature, you get through the mail, all about eating. But very little is said about being thankful for what we have and what God has given us and done for us. Amen. And I want to talk to you about that because I feel like in my heart, that this is something that the church must never lose is that spirit of thanksgiving, thanksgiving. Uh, as we get toward the end of my thought here this morning, I'm going to talk to you about uh, why that was such an important occasion with those pilgrims when they first came and how that all came about. God's hand was in that. God's hand was in it. And the Lord never wants us to lose the fact that we should be thankful for everything. And that's sometimes hard to do when things go wrong and things are not always the way we like for them to be. And situations arise and uh, it may be multiple things in our lives. It can, I won't even begin to name them, but things that are adverse. And we say to ourselves, well, can I still be thankful to the Lord? And my answer to you on that is always yes. Always be thankful unto God for all things. Praise the Lord. Because you never know God's mighty hand at work in all these things. I'm going to read a few verses to you and all I'm doing is touching the surface. But I want you to turn with me for a moment to Psalms 100. Psalms 100 is a very short psalm. I'm just going to read uh, three verses to you. This is Psalms 100, and I'm looking at the very first verse, and uh, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, and uh, serve the Lord with gladness. And then it goes on to say in verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, he is God, and it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. What gates? Doors, gates, into his presence, whatever, whatever it is. Always go in with thanksgiving. Sometimes, folks, you can come to church and you're, you're heavy-hearted. 
And sometimes you feel like the world's upside down right outside that door for you. I've been there. I know. I know you. We've all been there. If you live for God very long, you've been there. But when you enter in through those doors or enter through those gates of worship or service, whether it's in a church house or whether it's in a home or whether it's just a place that you go to pray, whatever, enter into it with thanksgiving. Praise the Lord. Just enter into it with thanksgiving. And that's not always an easy thing to do. I have gone to church and not, not in recent years, way back when I was young. And I've entered into the back door with my heart heavy, loaded with all kinds of problems and barely squeak in and sit down in the back row and sit down there and then say, Jesus, I'm thankful. I may have squeaked it out, but I said it, Lord, I thank you. But that spirit of thanksgiving must always rest with God's people. It will not always rest with the world, but it must always rest with the people of God. Because being thankful is what God expects of us to do for what he has given us, done for us, and has promised to do. Praise the Lord. Much more than that. I'm going to read this third verse of verse. Know ye not that the Lord, he is God, and it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. Praise the Lord. So I'm just pointing out to you here that this 100th Psalm here has a great emphasis on being thankful unto the Lord. Now, many scriptures in Psalms speaks about being thankful. And uh, I'm going to look over 105. This is just, that was 100 and 105. Verse 1 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Just right off the top. Uh, Also over in 106. 106, the first verse Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. And then over in uh, verse one, chapter 107, or Psalms 107, verse 1. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Look at the 21st verse of 107, Psalms 107, 21. O that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. So God would have us to praise him for his goodness. Finally, and then in verse 22 of that same 21 and 22, and let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Now, what I've done here is read a few verses to you here about the Lord telling us that we should be very thankful and to know that God will always bless us and keep his hand on us and lead us and guide us and direct us in all things. Praise God. Uh, I'm going to read a scripture verse over in 2 Samuel where David, when he was up in years and the Lord told him when he wanted to build a temple for God, God said, no, I'm not going to let you build the temple. It will be your son that will build the temple. And uh, he told David that. And then the Lord sent Nathan to talk to David and tell David, what he was going to do and how he was going to use him and his heirs and so forth for the work of God and the kingdom of God uh, on earth through Israel. And, uh, and then 
whenever he had talked to him. And he says to him, and this is Nathan speaking to David, verse 16. I'm looking here at 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 16. 2 Samuel 7, 16. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. He's telling David that. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. Now, I want you to notice what David had to say. When Nathan was gone, the prophet, David just sat before the Lord and talked with God. And you know, folks, sometimes it's a good thing just, just to talk to God. Just talk to him. Just talk to him like you would a friend. Just talk to him like you would a person. And just sit before the Lord and talk to him. You can talk to him about anything. He hears, he understands, and he responds. And this is what he said. This is verse 18. And then went King David in and sat before the Lord. And he said, who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that thou hast wrought me hitherto? Who am I that you would do and make all of these promises that you'd raise up my seed after me. And not only was he speaking of Solomon, but he's talking about Jesus Christ who was yet to come, who was a direct descendant in the flesh, that is in the man Christ Jesus, of David, very direct descendant. And he says, who am I? I want to say this to all of us today, folks. Who are we? Who are we? That God would have been so good and kind to us I say this all the time, you know, I, I, I had great parents, they loved us children, they raised us. We were just poor people, you know. My mother's family was poor, my father's family, they were working people. They were, you know, my father's family was farmers, my uh, father's, my mother's family were construction workers. And they were just working people. My grandmother went to a Pentecostal church because one of my aunts, her, one of her, her oldest daughter had epilepsy and she'd have these epileptic attacks and she took her to a Pentecostal service because they were teaching and preaching that you could be healed. And that's how she found out about Pentecost. And then from there, it went from there through the family and different ones were saved and different ones got in the church and all that. And I'm saying all of that to say this today, who am I? that God would visit my people, my people. You know, they were, they, we were nobodies. We were, just, we were just working class people, not educators, not, not sophisticated, you know, nothing. But God in his mercy and in his grace. And I think that I can speak for all of us here today. Who were we? Who were our people? Who were our families? You know, I, we, we love that. We love our families. But who were they that God would be so kind to visit them and they would attend some kind of a church service? I think with my family, it was going to tent meetings. They'd put up a big tent. They'd go through the, you know, drive through town or through the rural areas and they'd have a big old horn and said, there's going to be a tent meeting in such a corner. Everybody come out and, and, uh, and see the presence of the Lord and so forth. 
Brother D.L. Welch was one of those preachers. He later was in my home and told my wife and I what he used to do. He said that when I'd go into a town to have a revival, he said I'd spend days praying that God would perform a miracle. And he said, I knew that miracle would get people coming. Then he'd go and say, come and come and see what God's going to do. And he said, when that miracle happened, then people really started coming. That was his strategy because he knew God could perform miracles. But more than that, he wanted them to hear the gospel. And my people heard the gospel. Praise the Lord. And they, they came into the faith and they got saved. You know, I'm just trying to tell you here today, who were we? Who are we that we should even have that privilege? And you can remember, you can remember this when you walked into a Pentecostal church and you sat down somewhere in there, somewhere along the way in the singing or the testimony services, they used to have people stand up and give their testimony how God saved them. Or, or in, the, uh, in the preaching or in the altar call, somewhere in there, you would begin to feel this urge to go to the audience, feel this sensation inside of you. You'd feel this you know, like you need to get right with God feeling. You know what I'm talking about? That was God's spirit dealing with us as individuals. What right did I have that to that? What right did you have to that? We had it none, praise the Lord, but through God's grace and his goodness and his love and his mercy, he extended it not only to the Gentile world, but to me as an individual. And to you as an individual, that's why we are to forever be thankful. Forever be thankful. And to never forget to say, Lord, be thankful. Even at my lowest ebb, even when I've had the rug pulled out from under me, even when I'm lower than a gnat's heel, as the old saying goes, you know, just so low and everything, I still have to say, Jesus, I thank you. I thank you. And praise the Lord and glorify his name and love the Lord because it's written in the word that we should always be thankful for him. I'm going to finish reading here what David said. Then went David in and sat before the Lord and he said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that thou hast brought me hitherto? And this was yet a small thing in thy sight. That was so insignificant with you to do that. It's such a big thing to me, but such a small thing for you. Praise the Lord. O Lord God, but thou hast spoken also of thy servant's house for a great while to come. Way off, even went down the line when I'm not here anymore, you're still going to keep your promise to me. Isn't that something? And David acknowledged that. And in this, in, in this the manner of man, O God, and is this, and is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Question mark. And what can David any more say? Still talking to God. And what can David say more unto thee? For thou, Lord God, knowest thy servant. You know my heart already. For the word's sake, and according to thine own heart, hast thou done all these great things to make thy servant know them. Wherefore, thou art great, O Lord God, for there is none like thee, neither is there any God beside thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And uh, he goes on to talk about these kind of things. I'm only telling you that to tell you, praise the Lord today, 
that we are nothing, we have nothing, we came from nothing, but God, praise the Lord, has brought us to where we are. Amen. Has given us his blessings, his goodness, his promises. And folks, he is worthy of all of our praise and thanksgiving. When you come to church, don't come to church just to sit there. Don't come to church to be entertained. Don't come to church to uh, have a little time that you can balance your checkbook and play with your phone. Put the phone aside, cut it off, put it aside. Put checkbooks, pads, notes, letters, all that kind of stuff aside and say to yourself, I'm here to worship God and I'm here to tell the Lord that I thank him. And as we approach Thanksgiving Day, let's remember to be thankful, praise the Lord. This is Thanksgiving Sunday today. And I think it's only appropriate that we remember to be thankful to the Lord for everything he has done. Praise the Lord. For God is good, God is great, and he is very precious and, 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 and loving in our sight. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to tell you the story of Squanto. How many of you ever heard the name of Squanto? I see one hand, two, three, uh, several of you. Squanto. I'm going to tell you who Squanto was. Uh, Squanto was an was a Indian that was here in America uh, whenever the, first the Spanish came along and then the English people, but they did not settle America. They just came in. Maybe sometimes they settled a little colony and it didn't last long and they uprooted it or it phased out or something or disease hit it, whatever. The transference of diseases between the Indians and the, the Europeans was always there. The Indians had diseases that the Europeans didn't have, and when the Europeans got it, it became very fatal to them. Vice versa, the uh, Europeans brought diseases that the Indians didn't have, and, was, and it, caused, it affected them. And when they came there, there was uh, a particular tr uh, uh, tribe called Pawtucket. Uh, Pawtucket was what Squanto was from. He was from the Pawtucket tribe. And uh, in 16, in this, in this uh, particular time, and uh, his tribe that he was from contracted this smallpox virus. And they all sort of died off and the Spanish took him captive and took him back to Spain. Now, this is Squanto, an Indian, before the pilgrims ever came here. Took Squanto back to Spain to show him, show the Spanish people what these Indians looked like that they were coming across over here in America that they had discovered, you know. And uh, they had made numerous trips back and forth. And Squanto wound up in a monastery over in Spain. They kept him there. They taught him Spanish. He learned some Spanish language and so forth. They were good to him. He had survived any afflictions or sicknesses of the Spanish people. Finally, it came to a time in which Squanto said to the people in the monastery in Spain, he said to them, I would like to go back to America to be with my people or see my people or try to help them. And they said to him, and by this time now, he had learned a little bit about Christianity in a vague sort of way, Catholicism type Christianity. And, uh, and so they said, you'll have to go to England for England has ships going over there in that area where that you want to go. So he got a, somehow or another, they let him go. They helped him get over from Spain over to England. 
And when he got into England, he had to stay there for a while until there was a ship going back to America. And in doing so, he learned English. He learned a little bit of English and so forth. Finally, he, uh, he got on a ship and they finally fit him on there. You know, you work your way through. You know, you do things and you work on the ship and that way you earn, you earn your passage. And so they went over to America, this ship did. And when he got into America, he got out and he mixed back in with the, with the, the, uh, the uh, Indian culture and the Indian tribes that were in Massachusetts. This is where he went. And when the pilgrims came there in 1620, Squanto was already there. Now, a lot of people don't know this about him. But he was already there and he was with the Indians. So whenever the, the, the pilgrims came ashore, the Indians there were friendly to them, good to them, because Squanto said, these people are good people. They're, they're God-fearing people. They won't hurt you. you know, they're not gonna do bad things to you. And so forth like this. And as you well know, they went through a very severe winter. There were, I think, 80 people died off the Mayflower that had come across the Mayflower that winter. And then spring came. And when spring came, Squanto came among them and said, and began to speak English to those pilgrims. And he said, I will show you how to grow food. And he taught them how to plant corn, how you dig a little hole and you lay a fish in it, a little small fish and then you cover it up a little and you put a seed on it and then you cover it up. And that fish becomes the fertilizer for the seed to grow the corn. You understand what I'm saying? And so he taught them, they started growing corn and growing things and food and so forth. And when fall came, they had this abundant crops. And when they did, they called Squanto and all the Indians together and all the pilgrims got together and they had a great big feast and they gave thanks unto God. Now, I'm just telling you all of that because Squanto, I don't believe, was there by accident. I believe God put him there to help those pilgrims survive and how to grow corn and food in this country and how to grow it and how to make, start making America to grow so that America was to become the nation it was because God's hand was going to be upon it. And for that reason, folks, all of us are to be thankful to God for his, just think about one man, one man Squanto, he sent ahead and prepared him to be there when the pilgrims scraped their boats scratched up on the shores and they got out on this new land and this new country that they were gonna be in and that they knew very little about. There was already a man that was gonna be there that would help them to be able to farm that land, use that land, be prepared for winter, how to dress for it, where the animals that they would need to have furs and those were, all of those kind of things. I'm just telling you here that God does great and marvelous things ahead of time and we don't always know why or what's going on or God's great reason for it, but God has a plan and he has a purpose, praise the Lord. Let me uh, use for an example here, Joseph. Joseph was taken, uh, you know, sold in slavery by his brothers, uh, taken down in Egypt and uh, sold to Potiphar for his house. Uh, Joseph was sort of out of sync with his brothers because his dad loved him more than he did the brothers. So forth. I won't go into the stories there. But when he got down into Egypt, he sold him to Potiphar's house. 
And he's a hard worker and very smart and very conscientious about things, very honest about everything because he was God-fearing. This is Joseph now. And uh, this is uh, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then this is Joseph, Jacob's son. And then while he was down in Egypt, uh, he, his, the Potiphar's wife uh, made a play for him and, and then she accused him of being reversed with it. So Potiphar believed her and threw, had him thrown into the dungeon. And so now he goes from being a servant into a dungeon. And at that point, Joseph could have felt like the whole world had come to an end. And there have been times, some of you have been at places in life where you felt like the whole world had come to an end. But yet Joseph prayed and said, God's hand is upon me because God's hand is on the righteous, folks. Don't ever forget it. And don't let the devil ever tell you anything different. There may come hardships your way. There may come difficulties your way. There may be things that come in our lives that we don't quite understand. But you never know God's great plan that he's working. You don't know what God is doing. You don't know how God is working everything around to be what is going to be in the future. And Joseph was put in that, uh, in that dungeon and finally he's in jail and the jail keeper saw that he was an upright person and he began to use him and Joseph was able to work among the other prisoners very well and so forth. And uh, he interpreted some dreams, you know, for some of those people of Pharaoh that were thrown in there. You know the story. And uh, when they got out, why, uh, on one occasion, Pharaoh had this dream. And uh, this butler remembered, oh, yeah, I remember there's a man in jail that knows how to interpret dreams. And so, uh, sure enough, they brought him forth. And Joseph told Pharaoh what his dreams were all about. It was about the cows, seven cows that were fat and seven skinny and came up out of the Nile. You know the story. I'm not going to relate it to you. Only to say that God overnight raised up Joseph to be the highest man in the Egyptian empire next to Pharaoh. And he had the seal of authority. And all of a sudden he went from the dungeon to that because God raised him up. But all the other times he was in the dungeon, he could have felt like God was through with him. So if you're going through a trial or a test or problem this day, let me just say this, keep on giving thanks to God. You never know what his divine plan is, folks, for your life, for your life. You never know what his divine plan is. And God takes individuals and uses them. And he will use you and he will use all of us. But God has a plan for all of us. And sometimes when you can be in the lowest place, God is just a matter of time. He's going to bring you through some things. And he's going to use you for his glory, for his kingdom, for his purpose. And we all have a place and a purpose and a plan in the kingdom of God. So I'm just telling you here that whatever our condition is, always remember to be thankful. Never to be, not, never to be unthankful that the Lord is going to bless his people and he's going to be good to us and keep his hand on us and always be with us. Praise the Lord. Uh, I want to read a verse of scripture over here, if I might, over here in Genesis. This is concerning Abraham. And when God spoke to him one time, and uh, the Lord, I'm going to read here in 15, 8. Look at this very closely. Genesis 15 and 8. Notice this 
scripture here. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? He's speaking of the land. The Lord said, all this land that you see around you, far as you can see, east and west, north and south, I will give it unto you and to your children after you. And he said, Lord, how do I know I shall inherit? And he said unto him, take me an heifer and three, of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and two young pigeons for sacrifices. Verse 10, now look at this closely. <clears throat> and he took unto him all these and divided, divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another but the birds divided he not. Now look at verse 11. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses. Now Abraham did not build a fire under him. Because God said, I want you to take the sacrifices and cut them up and lay them on this altar. And it was daytime still. And then God, in a sense, was saying to him, and leave them just like that. I'll do the rest. And so Abraham stayed right there. His sacrifice was made. He made the sacrifice, but he had to wait. And while he was waiting, look at this closely. While he was waiting, uh, let me get back to where I was. Verse 11, when the fowls came down upon the carcass, Abraham drove them away, the sacrifice. God had not completed his plan yet. He hadn't fulfilled everything yet. And the birds came and tried to devour his sacrifice. Now, let me say this to all of us. The fowls represents evil things. They will try to devour your sacrifice for God. Your sacrifice is your praise. We don't have animal sacrifices anymore. It's all in praise from our hearts. And the, the enemy will try, to divide, will try to take away your praise. He'll try to devour it. And you lift your hands and say, Jesus, I love you and I thank you. What are you thankful for? What are you praising God for? What has he done for you lately? You know, I mean, the devil can throw all kinds of things your way. It may not be words. It may be thoughts. It may be saying, what about that situation out there? <coughs> Why should you be thankful? Why should you praise the Lord and everything? And you have to fight to say, no, I'm going to praise God. No, sir, I'm going to be thankful for the Lord. I'm not going to be unthankful. I'm not going to be none praising of God. And so David, Abraham, I'm, stay with the subject. Abraham had to fight those fowls away. They kept coming down and they didn't just quit. They didn't just quit. They kept swooping in and they kept coming down on him. And they'd try to pick up a bird and try to pick up a piece of flesh and they'd try to do that. He'd shoo him away and shoo him away, shoo him away. And he did not know when God was going to finish his work or how he was going to finish his work. God didn't tell him. He just said, make the sacrifice and lay it out there and then just wait. And while he's waiting, the birds try to devour his sacrifice so when it comes God's time to do the work, there is no sacrifice. Now, folks, let me just say this today that 
Our sacrifice is not offering animals. That's all over with. That's Old Testament stuff. That was until the, the one sacrifice came to this world. That was Jesus Christ. He fulfilled all sacrifices. Amen. And when that was happening from there on, our sacrifice is a sacrifice of praise, the Bible says. Sacrifice of praise. So when we come to the house of God or when you're in your home or when you're with friends, wherever, it doesn't matter. If you want to do it in, in uh, Walmart, fine, go ahead, Sam, go ahead. Praise the Lord. Worship God, praise God. Make them all mad, it don't matter. Make them, I'm seven. Make them uneasy, amen. Because it's praise unto God. I'm just saying, when you enter into his courts, enter into them with praise and be thankful be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. I only read a few verses to you in Psalms there, you know, where these different Psalms about be thankful, be thankful. But thankfulness or being thankful or thanksgiving is something that we should always be thankful unto God. Because, folks, the fact that we exist. You're sitting there, you're breathing air. Praise the Lord. You slept last night, you got up. You ate breakfast, you've got on your clothes, you're here, you're sitting here because God has given each of us our individual existence. But beyond that, beyond that, he has promised us eternal life. He has promised us, praise the Lord, that we would live forever if we would believe in him, trust in him, and obey his word. All you gotta do is repent of your sins. The Bible says that and be baptized in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, for there is no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved. There is no other name. Amen. So repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall be filled, ye shall be filled, ye shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift God's promised to give us because with that Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit, whatever term we want to use, ghost is the old English word, spirit is a more modern word for it. We are filled with the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost. And when we are, praise the Lord, we have the strength and the ability and that spirit of Jesus in us to help us to live the life that he requires of us to live. And then we also have with that the joy and the happiness and the peace that comes with that Holy Spirit in our lives. Praise the Lord. And one of these days, and the Bible says in Romans chapter 11, verse 11, if that Spirit dwell in us, it shall also quicken our mortal body. Quicken means make alive. Amen. If we have that Spirit of God in us, it will quicken us. Praise the Lord. And we'll rise and meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So I'm just telling, trying to say here today in a very simple way that God wants us, praise the Lord, to keep that praise and that worship in our hearts and in our lives. And if it's a hard thing for you to praise and worship the Lord, praise God, the Spirit of God will give you strength to do that if you do not have his strength. When I was seeking the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, I was only 16 years old. I was a young man. I'd gone to the altar. And I heard somebody in my ear say, I had been crying and squalling like a baby, you know, and Lord, you know, just squalling, crying, crying, caring. Repenting, that's what I was doing. And I heard a voice in my ear. People were praying for me around me. I heard a voice in my ear say, say, praise the Lord. And in my heart, I said, I can't say praise the Lord. I, I don't say praise the Lord. It's not me, you know. I, I just don't say that. 
uh, I, I can't, I just can't say praise the Lord. It's just something I don't do. Then I heard another voice over here say, say thank you, Jesus. And I said, I, I can't, I, don't, I didn't say it out loud in my own self. I said, I can't say it. And I'm still crawling up saying, I can't say thank you, Jesus. I can't say praise the Lord. Somebody else said, say hallelujah. I said, I can't say hallelujah. I can't say hallelujah. You know, like the old gamblers, they said they, 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 what they were seeing in church, one said the other, what they were seeing in church, these two gamblers came out of church one morning. And he said, one said the other, what they were seeing in church was not hallelujah, it was hallelujah. You <laughs> thought they were saying hallelujah. I won't get into that. That's, but let me just say this. I, that's a joke. But let me just say this, that that wonderful spirit of praise that God has put in our hearts, we need to always be praising him and thanking him and giving him glory for all that God has done and all that God would do. And Satan will try to take away the praise out of your heart. And when I was hearing those voices coming to me, I couldn't say them. And finally, I ect it out. Finally, I did. I finally said, praise the Lord. Just praise the Lord. And folks, when I did, I felt the Holy Ghost go all over me. And I said, wow, what's this? And then I said it again. And then I said, thank you, Jesus. And I began to feel the Holy Ghost just coming. One, every time I'd say praise the Lord. And you know what? That praise and worship will always bring the Spirit of God. That Spirit of God in us, folks, let us always praise Him and worship Him and glorify Him. And don't let the birds, the vultures, steal away your praise. Praise the Lord. Your sacrifice. Your sacrifice, amen. Lord, that's my sacrifice, is my praise. The Bible talks about the sacrifice of praise. Don't let the vultures, don't let the birds swoop down and steal it away. Abraham fought them off. He fought them away. No, sir, not my sacrifice, not my sacrifice. Because God's going to do something with it. And then he goes on to say here, and when the sun was going down, verse 12, sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and a horror of darkness fell upon him. And what the Lord showed him was that his descendants would go into Egypt and be there for, for 400 years, and then God would bring them out, and then he would give them the land, and he would make it a great nation. And so over in verse 18, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, unto thy seed have I given this land, from the river of Egypt unto the great river Euphrates, I have given you this land. This is all, and it's still the Lord's. It still belongs to Israel. It belongs to the Jews. Amen. And the reason that I've read this to you and given you these is because I want you to understand here that all of us have our sacrifices of praise and our sacrifice of thanksgiving, but don't let anything ever stop you from that. Keep praising God. Keep thanking God. Keep glorifying the Lord and praising his wonderful name, folks. I don't care what comes and goes. And this Thanksgiving, amen, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, take time to say, Jesus, I'm thankful. If you're sitting around a dining room table, you say, if nobody else says it, let's take a moment and thank God. This is Thanksgiving to him. It's not being thankful to the grocery stores for the food. It's not being thankful, you know, for the gasoline we had took us to be with family or whatever. But we're thankful unto God, praise the Lord, that he has provided, that he has blessed us, that he has blessed America, that he has been good to us, and he's been good to you and I as an individual.
and a people. And look at and your family. Folks, we could go down the line. Thank him for your family. Thank him for your home. Thank him for your automobile you drive. Thank you for the church you have to go to to worship God. Thank you for the clothes you wear. Thank you for the shoes you wear. There's some people don't have shoes. They don't, they don't have shoes. I'm serious. There's people that don't even have good, clean water to drink. They have that in, my son was telling me over in Africa, they go around a little old thing looking for a place to get clean water. All the little kids, all of them have a little old container so they can get some clean water. And they all have these mites and these bugs and these, term, these things inside of them. He says, the missionary told him, said, most of these kids here will not even be here a, week, a year from now if you came back. They've got too many amoebas and protozoas and all that one-cell stuff inside of them. I'm just saying you're thankful that you got water to drink. And we can try to help all of the people that we can in the world as much as we can, but don't fail to be thankful. Thankful that God's blessings are upon you. Thankful that we can come to the house of God. Praise the Lord that we can lift our hands to worship the Lord. Thankful, praise the Lord for, I mean, I don't know how to begin it. It's so many things that we are thankful for. So when you begin to pray, don't say, what do I have to be thankful for? Let me see. No, no, no. Just start thinking of all the things. If you don't have anything else, thank the Lord you can still breathe. Amen. Thank the Lord you can still, praise the Lord, eat. Thank the God you, for whatever your gifts are, you know. And I'm just saying here today that this is a time and a week and a day to be thankful. So on this Thanksgiving uh, day, this is Thanksgiving Sunday, let's praise God today on Thanksgiving Sunday, but this Thanksgiving day that's coming up, let's make sure that we include the Lord in our Thanksgiving. And can I just say this one thing here, all the days in between, let's just give God the Thanksgiving for he is worthy of it all. Hallelujah.